What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Have you been exploring your spirituality and learning more about yourself? And now you're ready to take bold, positive action. Are you seeking clarity about what is really blocking you from your greatest potential? Do you feel like you're so close to a breakthrough, but you can't figure out why you continue to feel stuck at the same level? Join us now for Real Talk with Joyce and Jennifer, two transformational coaches who are eager to share all they've learned over the many years they've each been working with clients, helping them create the life they want. Joyce and Jennifer both have extensive, diverse backgrounds in the art of conscious transformation, and they are here to help you. So tune in now for the insight and tools you need to consciously live, work, and play so that you can live the life you most deeply long to experience. Hi, it's Joyce here. Welcome to Real Talk with Joyce and Jennifer. I'm a transformational coach, life purpose facilitator, and retreat leader who guides women to find clarity and purpose in these times of transition, change, loss, and transformation to live their best, most authentic, courageous life. Hey, everybody. It's Jennifer, and I'm also a transformational coach, facilitator, and consultant, which means I transform the mentality of leaders in the workplace so that their entire staff and corporate culture can shift toward higher purpose. But most importantly, I'm a mom. Well, welcome. Um, Since today's Valentine's Day, Jennifer and I are sending out lots of love to our listening audience for being here with us weekly. We really appreciate it. and, you know, Jennifer, I've always really loved Valentine's Day. I don't know why, but I just love it. Valentine's to me is just about giving love uh, to as many people as possible um, with like, you know, with a simple card or an email. I've gotten a lot of car- emails already with just thinking about you this morning. And I don't know, it's just really nice to feel that people acknowledging each other with a little love. Or something, you know, give something sweet to somebody you love, uh, like your best friend, your massage therapist, your receptionist at work, your body worker, you know, whoever, like, you really enhances your life and that really just give them a little love is what I feel for today. So, Jennifer, any thoughts on Valentine's Day that you like? Uh, well, I, meaningful to you? I agree with you, Joyce. Yeah, it's fun. It it is fun to get your, you know, nowadays, you know, you get these texts that pop in and just thinking of you and wishing you happy Valentine's Day. It's sweet. It's really sweet. Um, But in our family growing up, this day was always my brother's birthday. (laughs) So Mm. I want to give a big shout out to my brother, Brian, on his 50th birthday today. So happy birthday, big brother. You're probably not listening, but... I, and I do agree with you, Joyce. This is a day that doesn't just celebrate romantic love. It's all love. And so my kids and I always do something to honor the day as well. Nothing too big, but a nice dinner, some sweet treats, extra hugs, who knows. But um, but today, you know, it's interesting, too, because Valentine's Day is saint, you know, based on the saint Valentine. And so today also marks Ash Wednesday, interestingly, the timing on the calendar is bell so that that happened today as well. So for Catholics, it's the first day of Lent. Also that for many Christians uh, who also celebrate the Lent season. So as you know, Joyce, I grew up in a traditional Irish Catholic home. So of course, my mother sent me a text yesterday urging me to get to church today. So it it was funny to me (laughs) because here was her mentality. You know, she knows I haven't been to mass, particularly on Ash Wednesday in a very long time. I mean, I I think we all know I have an incredibly tight bond with God but I've chosen over the years to cultivate my divine relationship in multiple ways. Yet she, of course, is convinced or maybe just hoping that I'll meet the man of my dreams at a Catholic church. 
So I think she must have gotten a bee in her bonnet that since Ash Wednesday also fell on Valentine's Day, surely that was a sign from the heavens. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, remember I did say I was raised in a traditional home. So does that sound like a traditional Catholic mother or what? Yep. So I guess we'll end up, you know, we'll see if I end up with ashes on my forehead by the end of the day, but it's not looking so good yet. Um, But in the meantime, I was contemplating what I may give up for Lent. So this morning on my commute with the kids to school, I had an epiphany. I have no idea, Joyce, if you're even thinking about Lent or not, or if this is just my Catholic upbringing ingrained in my head. But um, as I sat there waiting for a longer time than usual for the car in front of me, it dawned on me the driver was on her phone and wasn't at all paying attention to the fact that it was her turn to go. And this happens all the time. In fact, sometimes I'll be driving and the person in front of me literally stops the car in the middle of the road for no apparent reason. It's the weirdest thing. (laughs) But what I have come to conclude is the reason is always the phone right? Whether a GPS is throwing somebody off or a text comes through, we've all created an incredibly unhealthy environment by allowing these phones to dictate our driving habits. So as of this morning, I'm giving up the use of my phone while I'm driving. So I'm announcing it to hold myself accountable. (laughs) Now, unless my directions have been pre-programmed into my car or someone calls me on my Bluetooth, in both instances, my car has safety features that allow for me to do both in a safe manner. But anyway, so Uh, I just thought, what an interesting day for all this to be occurring at the same time. And that's just what I've chosen to do. (laughs) So how about you, Joyce? Are you doing anything to practice Lent? (laughs) Actually, I'm not. As as a... uh... I was raised in a uh, German Catholic neighborhood, Sterling, where people were were practicing Lent. But I don't... As a Baptist, we gave up a lot of things, but we didn't call it Lent. But uh, no... Wait, not not me. Um, I've given up so much so already that I mean, what else am I gonna give up? You know, I don't drink, I don't That's eat sugar, so I, I, you know. So anyway. that is so funny. My dad so. and I were laughing last night. I said, Dad, I said you've given up your legs. I've given up my boobs. You think we've given up enough for the rest of our lives? Started laughing. He goes, Amen right. to that. <laughs> anyway. Um, I did want one more one more announcement because the Olympics are going to move quickly and be out of here. So while they're still on, I'm just wondering if everyone's watching them because my kids and I have had so much fun doing so. We were inspired by the opening ceremonies when North and South Korea walked together as one. Did you see that, Joyce? Mm-hmm. Our hearts. I didn't see the so opening full. one. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, our hearts great. were so full. My son and I were just so inspired by it. Um, and then we've been watching the snowboarding and Chloe Kim, this spunky young girl, was yep. just awesome a few nights ago. And last night, Sean White also mm-hmm. won gold. And, oh, yep. his snowboarding was amazing. But on that last run, you know, after last year, he's had the se- severe injury and was airlifted. And so to come back like that, and he's significantly older than his competitors. It was just, it's been so awe-inspiring. So I just want to give a shout out to all of our amazing Olympic athletes how inspirational they are. Mm-hmm. So that's enough for my early rant. Let's get on with the show. <laughs> okay. So let's jump into our topic for our show today, deep soul connections, which is one of my favorites. So, you know, there's so many kinds of deep soul connections. There's relationships with your spouse, with your partner, with your family, with soul friends, uh, with soul mates. And, of course, with your deep soul connection to yourself, which is probably one of the most important. So welcome. I'd like to start off with a poem uh, from one of my favorite poets, Rumi. Um, So here we go. Love isn't the work of the tender and the gentle. Love is the work of wrestlers, the one who becomes a servant of lovers is really a fortunate sovereignage. Don't ask anyone about love. Ask love about love. Love is about a cloud that scatters pearls. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, Jennifer, I think uh, I'll begin uh, our deep soul connection discussion um, by starting with uh, talking about deep connections with soul friends, which are it's so interesting about what a soul friend is. And so 
Um, Stephen Cope, who is a mind-body teacher at Kapala Institute, says in his book, Soul Friends, he's got a great book that just talks about all this subject if anybody wants to really dig into what soul friends are more than we're discussing. So most, he says that most of us will have many friends throughout our lifetimes, friends of all shapes, sizes, and callings. And many of these are meaningful, wonderful friendships. Some are difficult, as we know, but some magical few of these are connections that have gone right to our soul. And there are usually only two or three, maybe five of our friends in our lifetime who who are really soul friends, who help us to determine who we are and who we're becoming. And these are clearly our soul friends, which are very different than other friends. So why are our soul friends so important? So Dr. Alyssa Rankin, who's one of my favorite authors and teachers, um, says in her article, she has an article titled, "Who," which I posted, Who are the Friends of the Soul? And this is really interesting. You know, I used to think that friends were the people who were unconditionally confronted, who unconditionally comforted you when you felt wrong, showed up when you felt needy and insecure, joined you in righteous indignation when you felt angry, of course, you know, those kind of friends that validated you when life isn't going your way. I thought friends would be unconditional cheerleaders and you would always feel better after being with a friend. But lately, I've realized that my most valuable friends are the ones who stand for my soul, even when that means saying something my ego does not want to hear. So when a friend stands for your soul, she holds you or he shows you accountable to your highest potential and expects you to do the same for him or her. When a friend stands for your soul, she understands how your ego operates and loves and accepts you in spite of, even because of, and what she knows, because of what she knows. But she doesn't sit by complacently when she watches you create your own suffering. She calls you out on it lovingly and pushes you in the direction of your highest self. So I used to think that soul friends never leave you, that your soul friends would be your friends until you pat, until they passed over or you passed over. But I, had, I, I learned this lesson not really long ago that that's not necessarily true. Some soul friends stay in your life, and many are just there for a brief period of time. And I experienced this uh, several years ago when I was in the middle of a trauma from my car accident. I remember I met several new friends during that time, which was sort of strange, who came into my life to help me get past the trauma. One of these was a male healer who came to my house to do body work. I think somebody had referred him, obviously. I don't think he would have just showed up, but maybe he did. I don't remember his name or how he came to work on me. But he came He came to my house, and I remember he charged me very little for the services. I was pretty astounded with that. And he energetically, so he came and he worked about three or four times. And then he came one day, and he told me that he did not need, he did not need to come anymore, and that I didn't need him anymore, that he, that his part of my healing was done. So he left and I never heard from him again. And during this this period, this traumatic period, there were also other healers who worked with me intensely, some daily. And when, when I was better and had gotten moved through that trauma, they left the friendship or they left the relationship and just seemed to not be there anymore and weren't, wouldn't and don't, didn't really want to connect. So I think these were souls connections that had agreed to come in and be available when I needed their guidance and healing energy. I also have, I have one soul friend who has really known me since high school and we will always be dearest soul friends. So if you have a soulful friend, you know the difference in a soul friend and even a good friend. This with a soul friend, the energy feels familiar, almost like they're, just the energy is part of you. And if you don't see them for a long time, when you do see them, you just... Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, 
Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Catch up with the conversation and you're right back in it again. Like you know them. And the thing about a soul friend is they always want the best for you. They're really, they just stand by you and help you in many ways to move forward. That to me is a soul friend. So Jennifer, um, I've heard you speak about soul mates often. Can you share more about this? I'd love to know more. Sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I do. And um, the first I want I want to comment quickly on what you said about soul friends. Because it reminds me of the old saying, people come into our lives for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. And I think it's up mm-hmm. to us to to know which it is and to honor that, um, as you did, as you were looking retrospectively to these relationships. And, you know, um, it's up to us not to hold on to it any longer than we're supposed to, right, in order to experience the mm-hmm. purpose in that relationship. And so I think when we're really connected at that level, we understand that more. Uh, we understand that it's a more deep, soulful um, interaction than just these superficial expectations of what we think a friendship should be or what we think this relationship should be and defining it as, you know, more from a space of neediness. So uh, I love all that what you said. And so, yes, soulmates. Soulmates, that's a, a typical term, right? We hear that a lot. And I do talk about this relatively often because I think a lot of people get caught up in the romanticized version of that concept. And I know I did not so long ago. Uh, what I've come to learn is that we may have many soulmates in this lifetime, some romantic, others platonic. But what they all have in common is a deep soul connection that bonds us to them. In other words, when you meet the person, you immediately feel something. And in some ways, it may feel as though you've known them forever, like what you talked about, Joyce, even if you don't even know anything about them yet. These are simple indicators of soulmates, those people who came into this lifetime to have a meaningful connection with you. It could be your first love. It could be your spouse. In most cases, it's both. It could be your best friend. It could be someone you just met yesterday, but you have a gut feeling that they are going to be important to you. So soulmates, you know, we oftentimes in that romanticized ideal, we think it's just one person. And then a lot of people go out seeking, they're on a quest to find that one soulmate. And I have kind of turned that belief on its head inside of myself to say, no, we have many soulmates. They come from the same soul group that says, hey, I'm going to be there for you. So we'll talk more about this when we get back. Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick break. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. More than 24 million Americans have an autoimmune disorder, and that number continues to grow. 
I'm Sharon Saylor, and I'm one of those 24 million. To put that number in perspective, cancer affects about 9 million and heart disease up to 22 million. That's why I've brought together top experts and those thriving regardless of their diagnosis to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information. Join me, Sharon Saylor, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio to find out how to live your life uninterrupted. Have you or someone you love ever experienced a major loss? The kind of loss so cataclysmic that it divided life into before and after. The death of a beloved person or pet, the loss of a job, a health challenge, can leave us feeling empty, lost, alone, wondering if we'll ever feel joy again. Loss is universal. Grief is part of the human condition. But in our modern world, we've lost the ability to understand, share, and integrate our grief. We're expected to grieve privately and quickly get over it. This February 23rd through 25th, the Atlanta Grief and Loss Center will be hosting a retreat that will allow you to fully feel, integrate, and catalyze your grief. Our retreat is called Heartbroken Open, Grief as a Sacred Path to Renewal and Rebirth. If you are grieving or if you work with clients who are grieving, you'll find more information about this powerful retreat at atlantagriefandlosscenter.com retreats or call 404-881-1322. America's wild mustangs need our support more than ever. If you believe in the preservation of our iconic wild mustangs and our wild places, now and for future generations, we invite you to walk with Wild Love Preserve. Founded in 2010, nonprofit Wild Love Preserve has pioneered an innovative model in wild horse conservation, which has garnered national attention and is serving as a framework in the West. As a unique legacy project, Kindness, mutual respect, science, and education drive Wild Love Preserve's mission to protect and preserve Western wild horses in their native habitats and nurture the legacy of respective indigenous ecosystems as an interconnected whole for future generations to equally treasure and nurture. Thank you for your action and for having a positive impact on our lasting wildness. Together, we succeed on behalf of our greater good and collective well-being. As a charitable nonprofit, Wild Love Preserve relies on donations and grants to fund our operations in central Idaho. Thank you for considering a tax-deductible donation to Wild Love Preserve. Please visit wildlovepreserve.org to learn more. So welcome back. Before we took a break, we were talking about soulmates. And how we have historically thought of that as that one person on the planet meant for us. And what I'm, what I've been talking about is, is how I have redefined that in my life. And I think it's very helpful if I were to encourage others to do that <laughs> so that we value all the soulmates in our lives, um, who come in to connect with us for purpose, you know, for higher reasons. And so it goes back to what I've said before about, the sacred agreements or the sacred contract tracks that we make as souls. And it's sort of like a meeting of the higher minds that says, Hey, let's meet up on earth when we get there and have a really cool relationship. <laughs> Even if we can't stay together very long. <laughs> so, you know, I think of my ex-husband as a soulmate. He plays such a significant role in my life, even though I have no desire whatsoever to be married to him again. And we have no romantic connection. So basically to me, a soulmate is someone who has played is playing or will play a significant role in your life, whether it's for a, a season or a lifetime. It is always for a reason. It is always meaningful. And so in terms of those deep romantic connections that we have historically thought of as soulmates, well, I think there are just varying degrees of these types of soulmates. And I look back on my life and I've been incredibly blessed in that department Maybe not for the last stretch of my adulthood, as we all know, <laughs> but in my teens and early early adulthood, I had wonderful romantic relationships, and I would say that each of them was a soulmate of sorts. Um, but I've also come to believe that the ultimate soulmate that most people think of as that, you know, as the one, is actually a twin flame, and so there's a substantially different uh, take on that. And that a twin flame is a soulmate that actually shares your soul. But that is a conversation for another day because we could do a whole show <laughs> on the notion of a twin flame connection. 
So we won't get sidetracked on that today, but if anybody wants to go Google it, go for it. <laughs> for now, <laughs> let's talk about the most important piece of Deep Soul Connections, which is, as you mentioned, Joyce, earlier, it's to connect with your own soul. So, Joyce, how do mm -hmm. we develop a deeper relationship with our own soul? Well, it's such a great question and something I have really been working much more uh, intently, I think, in this part of my life. And I think as you get older, you're more uh, really invested in connecting in with your soul. Um, so, but recently, um, as part of that quest, I've been taking a class with Francis Weller, who is just a wonderful teacher who teaches about soul work, and he's also the teacher of uh, loss and grief that I studied with. So, so the whole it's a, like a ten-week program, which is just incredible, very intense about the soul. So these are some of the things that I've been learning in the class that um, that he has suggested is a way to connect more deeply to your soul. So, um, so remember that your soul uh, loves when you get real with your emotions, when you're not wearing a mask or pretending to be somebody or to be okay all the time. Your soul likes the underworld, uh, in the dark, the painful hiding places where you banish parts of yourself and aspects of yourself hiding out there. You know, and the thing I love about it, it can never get too dark that the soul is not present, which is always astonishing when you think about people who have a really dark life. In that, in part of their field and in their life, there's a soul in there that just hasn't been able to come out and have that soul empower itself. So, so the soul loves, it also loves all kinds of beauty, including dark beauty, like death and decay and dying, because it doesn't perceive it like we do. So, you know, you're always connected more deeply to the soul when you're open and vulnerable. So learning to linger, and I love that word. I haven't used linger in a long time, but I just like it. Learning to linger, stop, look, smell, just be. Reconnecting to the rhythms of the earth, to the heart and the brain. is. We're going to do some exercises with that later. Again, learning how to create coherence in the heart brain. And if you want more than what we're doing, which is a brief meditation, check out Heart Math. I think we've discussed that before. Heart Math does incredible research on coherence with the heart and how that connects us back into the earth and um, helps us with any kind of health issues. They do major research. It's, it's fabulous. So um, let's do... Jennifer, uh, just we'll do we're going to do a couple of these. Do a brief exercise here around heart brain. How's that? And um, we're just going to connect these two right now and just kind of experience that. So, so learning to direct directly to your higher self. Meditate, and we start by uh, getting prepared to meditate. So you're going to be asking and listening for answers. So if you have a journal or if you had a journal at a different time when you do this, you would write in your journal. So take a deep breath. And remember this function here is the coherence between the heart, which is has really most of the information that we need about anything is in the heart, and it tells us the truth. The brain gives us data, but may not necessarily be what we need. It may be more from the ego. So what we're doing is trying to connect these two together. So like oil and water, they're not fighting each other all the time. They actually come together in a way to be together and honor each other. And that actually can happen when the ego stops fighting the resistance for the heart to take over. So here we go. So we're going to take some deep breaths in and then back out. 
And this time as we inhale, we're inhaling from the heart. And if you need to touch your heart, that's great. Because remember, thoughts go wherever our focus is. So we're focusing on the heart right now. So physically just re reinforces that. So imagine that you're breathing right through the heart. Up into the brain. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back down into the heart. Back through the heart. Through the brain, back into the heart. And if you do this three or four times, you will see that your body becomes coherent. It settles down. It gets quiet. If you do it enough as a practice, you're actually connecting into the same rhythms as the earth. Because remember, the heart beats as the same rhythm as our Mother Earth does. And so, trust me, you want to breathe with the rhythm of the heart not the rhythm that we have in our world because that is not healthy uh, to, for the heart to be so extended and beating and, ha and you know, anxious all the time. So when you're in this state, again, whatever comes up, if you have questions that you want to ask, you can do that. So, so slow down. And so we sort of finished from the meditation right now. And here's some other things I think about the connection uh, with breathing and with the mind-body of connecting to yourself. So slow down. Stop multitasking. You're missing so much in your field of perception when you're rushing. It's unbelievable what you don't see that's there. Leave time to do nothing. Daydream. Look out the window. Walk. Participate in repairing the world. Do something you're called to do to help the world. Plant trees, hold babies, raise money for a shelter. And find beauty everywhere you go. When you wake up in the morning, find one thing that is beautiful. And I don't mean beauty by something you've purchased or something even in your house. But I mean the beauty of your life. The beauty that you're breathing, the beauty that you're healthy, the beauty that you've been, you know, you've been 40 years or 50 years or 70 years in a life that has supported and loved you. Look out the trees that surround you, the quiet in your home, the animals in the tree that are playing, just the beauty of your life. It's really overwhelming. And it's a, it's a beautiful practice just to notice beauty in your life. So I'm going to end this just with another poem from Rumi called Love So Needs to Love. Love so needs to love that it will endure almost anything, even abuse, just a flicker for a moment. But the sky's mouth is kind. Its song will never hurt you, for I sing those words. Rumi. That's so beautiful. Jennifer... Thank you. Thank you. I just love Rumi. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between chemistry and soul connection? <laughs> yes, of course. Joyce, are you asking me this because you've watched me get the two confused before by chance? <laughs> well, I know you're the expert. Uh, I know you're the expert on this. <laughs> 
yes, chemistry. Woo, what a temptress she can be. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yes. my expertise probably would have come from how many times I've screwed this up. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, honestly, I have definitely learned a lot through my own messes. <laughs> and I'm happy to share the wisdom that emerged from all that heartache over this confusion. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> You know, let's first let me just say this, Joyce. Thank you for that meditation because I've recently in my own meditative practices I've just kind of plateaued. <laughs> and so doing the heart math, you've taken me through that before a long time ago and, and it's a great reminder because feeling the breath go from the heart to the mind, boy, that really changes mm-hmm. it up. Really uh, fabulous. Yeah. Very so quickly. Thank you for that. Yeah. 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 Sure. Really. Um so chemistry. Let's put it this way. If you feel physically attracted to a person, but you may or may not feel pulled to get to know them deeply in terms of who they are, what they want in life, and so forth, then you know it's just straight-up chemistry. You are simply and viscerally (laughs) attracted to that person like an animal might be during mating season. (laughs) which is fine and normal, but it does come with responsibility. It is up to you to know this and to honor the fact that the other person might be seeking a more meaningful relationship. It is important that we understand that a purely chemically induced relationship be a mutual agreement. (laughs) This is where many people get gravely wounded. The fact that I have accidentally dated two sociopaths, one psychopath, and a narcissist has given me all the war wounds (laughs) to showcase this point. (laughs) Apparently, I have mistaken chemistry for something more meaningful multiple times before I finally understood this concept. (laughs) But I did finally, thankfully, have the epiphany that I was merely a sex object. I somehow failed to see that. Good. I somehow failed to see that I, as a thinking, deeply feeling person, was not honored <laughs> until it was too late. So great sex, although I have to say in only some cases. <laughs> but but the damage was done when the illusion of the relationship finally melted mm-hmm. away. I was fantasizing about what it could be and I failed to see what it was and I didn't honor myself enough to wake up from that reality soon enough and I certainly wasn't being honored in the process and so you know of course from the law of attraction if you're not honoring yourself within at a deeper level you're going to attract people who will absolutely dishonor you and so uh, that was that was the case for me but you know over the years in fact I've had um, many guys, very sadly, mostly married, make passes at me in a way that make me that made me think, like, what do I have some invisible radar that says I want to play with you? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and it has made me crazy over the years trying to figure that out. And um and so, you know, I was constantly thinking, what is it about me that makes makes these men think that I'm I would be interested? And, you know, I even had thoughts like, is it my curly hair? (laughs) Does that make me look wild in some sexual way? (laughs) And, you know, which cracked me up because, quite frankly, it's only curly because I'm too lazy to blow blow dry it every day. (laughs) I was born with this. What do you want me to do? Um, But but the point, you know, I'm I'm digressing a little because I'm having fun with this choice. (laughs) But the point I'm trying to make is that there is a significant difference between chemistry and a soul connection. The soul runs deep, really deep. A soul connection does not imply that someone won't get hurt. On the contrary, sometimes soulmates come into our lives to open up old wounds so that they can be healed. And sometimes that soul relationship lasts a lifetime, but oftentimes it is only for that meaningful reason. And when it happens, it does hurt for a moment because we're, we're making ourselves vulnerable. We're reopening old wounds. But when you recognize the importance that to feel is to heal, you'll understand the powerful purpose 
that that person had in your life. You will come to know the difference between a chemical relationship and a soul connection because the purely chemical relationship is superficial. It really virtually means nothing. Nothing. (laughs) It doesn't take your feelings or your wounds into account. So, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about this and then we'll talk talk some more about deep soul connections um, at another level too when we get back from this break. Free your mind with Ohm Times Radio, IOM FM. Change and growth are part of natural life and also part of your spiritual life. Everyone needs support and guidance, especially during life passages. Upgrade yourself with the Ohm Times Experts program. With Ohm Times Experts, you have access to the best intuitive coaches, spiritual teachers, counselors, astrologists, and oracles. Our team was carefully selected so you can trust. Find out more at experts.ohmtimes.com. Depleted by the rat race? Depressed by the attitudes of the human race? The book Honor explains why and how to transform your life from confusion and heartache to one that you most authentically desire. Join Ohm Times Radio host Jennifer McKenna Weinbaum as she takes you on her journey from her darkest period to her happiest and healthiest life. Entertaining, enlightening, honor will help you find and maintain the love and light in your own life. Visit www.universalabundance.com to pre-order your copy. Hello, I'm Lisa Berry. Join me every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for Light on Living, a chance to see new. Hear different and feel more as I shine the spotlight on all the ways to lighten the load of life's challenges. Light on Living is your link to that new way you're looking for, that new understanding that will enhance your life, and that positive connection that will support your growth. So join me and you'll gain insight and start to see things in a new way that motivates you. Listen, my life changed because someone was there to get me to use drugs. No one can understand. People think that having someone who will listen makes it better. I need help. I'm listening. I need help. I think that having someone who will listen makes it better. People understand. No one can get me to use drugs. My life changed because someone was there to listen. Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to turn addiction around. Brought to you by the Ad Council. So welcome back. We're talking about the difference between chemistry and a soul connection in a romantic relationship. And and so, um, you know, what I was saying is that the, the, the chemical relationship is where it's just chemistry. You know, we just feel this visceral attraction. It's, it's superficial. Um, a soul connection will actually allow for and invites your vulnerability. The person, even if they can't stick around for more than a season, will care about you deeply. And you will know the difference when you go deeper within yourself to investigate the meaning of that person instead of going just with the feeling of your attraction. So, you know, the one last point I would make on this is that you can absolutely be very physically attracted to someone you have a deep soul connection with. And, in fact, it's a much, ugh, just way better Um it's not either or. I think a lot of people go wrong with the either or mentality. It's like, well, I can't, you know, I can't be sexually attracted to my best friend. Therefore, that's not going to be fun. Um, and I wish, you know, this guy that I was so sexually attracted to, I had a deeper relationship with. It's not either or. Uh, so, you know, when you're looking at it from that perspective of either or, that's when you know it's time to go within mm-hmm. because you, yeah. you you have to have a, a more meaningful connection with yourself in order to attract that kind of relationship. So anyway, Joyce, probably more than you bargained for when you Mm. asked me that question. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. I love it. Uh, Love it. So on the heels of that, I wanted to, uh, I'd like to share a love story that was featured uh, yesterday on the Megyn Kelly Today show um, on NBC called 
love is. And uh, it was um, Allison Clock and T. Cooper, who are two writers uh, who met, you know, met through the New York Times. They're both writing for the New York Times. And I, they, uh, they were, it was a contest or something. They were asking people to submit stuff like their favorite books, but they both submitted the same when she was looking at different writers' books, she realized that this person had submitted almost exactly the same books that she loved. So anyway, they ended up just meeting each other casually and found that they had a lot of common interest and started dating and they were soon married. So what makes this love story unconventional? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Is that T is a male transgender, and so they joined Megan Kelly yesterday to really talk about this journey of self-discovery and acceptance. That. True love is really knowing no boundaries and is a lesson for all of us. So I thought it was pretty amazing that these two people who seem pretty, you know, pretty strong, pretty stable uh, people had, you know, she had children and he came in as a father. And you just like thinking to yourself, would you be able to do that? Would you be able to love somebody so much that that boundary would not be there? And I think I'm just putting it out as a question because they were able to extend that boundary and go in to really love each other. And even the children were accepting of this relationship. So it's just an interesting story for love that I wanted to throw out there that's a little bit different. Um, you know, it says what love really is and what it really isn't. So, um, so let's also talk about how we can use our intuition and I know everybody loves to know more about intuition, to listen, to ask questions and receive answers that we want to know about our life, about someone who's passed, about possible relationships, or anything that we want answers to. And this is a process I just call the deepening process, and it's an extension of the coherent heart brain. So... I'll just do it for a minute, and I really suggest that people do this um, because it's really very powerful to find your answers. So basically, we would go into, you shift your awareness, and you go into the heart, just like we previously did, and you're going into the coherence of the heart and the brain, And except after you've done this for about five times, you ask the questions that you want to know. Is this person for me? Why are they in my life? Whatever the question is, it doesn't really matter. And you out, you're asking that question into your deeper essence, to your heart area. And you're also just sort of feeling and listening into it. And I can tell you, I did this last night. And the questions, the difference between how you know if it's something from your heart or just your brain or your ego is this, the questions that you ask to your heart come back almost immediately. You can't even almost get the question out before the answer comes. And sometimes it might be a yes and no, or it might be a small sentence. But it's pretty darn clear is what I'm trying to say. So instead of asking millions of people to find the answers to your stuff, you have everything you need right inside of your heart, right inside of your body to find out all the information that you need if you just develop this practice. Um, so I hope this deepening exercise has helped you connect more deeply with yourself and your soul. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. And thank you, Joyce, for all these tools and exercises you brought today. They're, they're just, you always bring the best ones. Um, you know, I wanted to touch base on a couple of things here, but one, I wanted to go back for a second on that chemistry thing. There's a, an old country singer named, I shouldn't say old, bless your heart. If you're out there, KT, I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> um, she had her heyday back in the 80s and 90s, I think, but her name is KT Oslin. When I was in college, we used to listen to her. I had a, a friend who wore 
cowboy boots and a cowboy hat every day. She was so fun. She introduced me to country music <laughs> with my black leather jacket. But anyway, mm. um, she uh, she had a song, and the lyrics said, "Women peak at <laughs> women peak at forty and men at 19. <laughs> and she says, "I remember laughing my head off." I remember laughing my head off when I read that in a magazine, and those were her lyrics, and it's hilarious. But um, but now that I'm in my 40s, I can I can see what she means <laughs> because women's libido was very high in the 40s, um, and so it's always made me think that's what's behind a lot of issues, right? A lot of issues out there, and you watch them, and and it's probably why a lot of men thought I did want to play. They just assumed. Um, but I assure you that even with a very high libido, I find sex to be sacred. <laughs> anyway, another whole conversation. But um, I also want to add that for those of you out there, if you are experiencing a situation where you just really want to create a deep soul connection with someone, but it's not happening naturally, that is really particularly when you want to stop and consider a couple of things. Um you first, you're trying to manufacture something because you aren't giving it to yourself. Deep soul connections come to us. We, it, it, we almost happen upon them. We don't create them. We don't manufacture them. They emerge from a greater divine source, not from work or, you know, working on a relationship so hard or relationship cultivation efforts. Um, the work is within. If you are not getting what you want from a relationship, it is most likely because you are expecting someone else to give you what you have not yet given yourself, uh, oftentimes mm. unconditional love. And that's when it's time to stop working on them and start diving into yourself and, and particularly exercising extreme self-care. Because it's an indicator that you are not, there's something you haven't nurtured within. And I find that extreme self-care, when we're actually nurturing our bodies, um, it has a byproduct of, of giving us that nurturing emotional experience. And otherwise, if you, if you don't do this, you're headed for a miserable state of neediness, which is the recipe for disaster. And I think we've all at some point in our lives gone through needy phases. Um, and thankfully, I, I moved past my phase of it. Uh, it really kind of came on the heels of my divorce when I was depleted to my core. I was just emotionally, physically, financially drained. And so I became very needy. And it, that was about the time that um, sociopath number one came into my life. <laughs> In retrospect, I can see it was a very easy target. <laughs> but at the time, I was too weak to be that self-aware. So that's why I'm putting that out there today so that people can become more self-aware. Um, and yet still in my life today, I have to watch myself like a hawk because in the last few years, I've noticed that I accidentally took on a new pattern, thanks to my brain, um, that I only became conscious of relatively recently. Because I have had such catastrophic romantic experiences in the past decade, my brain has taken on a behavior pattern to protect me that I was unaware of. We all have unconscious neurological patterns. Uh, and so one of my, I, I became more acutely aware of, it's now become conscious so that I can break it. But basically what would happen, my trigger would be when a man would show interest in me. And so even if he was attractive and single, um, I would immediately take the reins. Like my brain was terrified at the thought of being pursued. So I would sabotage his interest by taking the more traditional male role. I would communicate with him before he could reach out to me. It was sort of like, I see the ball is in your court, so I'm going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't allow myself that kind of vulnerability. Um, and a lot of that is because sociopath number one pursued me literally like an animal. I, I, he just was relentless in his pursuit of me and I held my ground and I finally broke. But when I broke, I broke under the illusion, or I guess we could call it a delusion, that his persistence was equivalent to his um, love for me. And that's where the whole thing became very unhealthy because I, I, I took on that belief instead of seeing that he was literally hunting me down like an animal because he was having that visceral attraction to me. I didn't, I didn't, none of that registered with me until it was too late. <laughs> 
But anyway, the damage was then that my brain then that from that trauma, we just became terrified and I would, I would not allow men to pursue me at all. And so, um, you know, it was really nothing but primal fear. But I would literally stop at nothing to prevent a guy from pursuing a relationship with me. So now I can see that it's a healing process, right? Now that I'm aware of it, I can break it. And I I can just say I'm a work in progress, right? <laughs> but in the past, when I didn't love myself as much, if I acknowledged, if I would notice a, a pattern like that, I would then beat myself up. What in the world are you doing? Are you an idiot? Stop doing that. You know, it would just be this negative chatter. And now that I'm aware of it, I, I actually can sit back and allow myself a little grace and peace. I've, I'm learning how to refrain from beating myself up, but to instead love myself enough to understand my own little strange healing process. <laughs> so what I'm saying to you, our listeners is, Keep an eye on your own patterns. If you recognize that you've engaged in some obnoxious mm-hmm. or annoying behaviors, it's time to gently stop doing them, but to also give yourself the love, or in my case, protection, that you feel you need. Move your focus off the other person and onto finding ways in your schedule to engage in extreme self-care, time to nurture yourself. Self-love, you know, sometimes doesn't come easy. It hasn't come easy for me. I was adopted. So there was a neurological damage in that department at the base of my hardwiring. It's taken a lifetime to learn how to love myself, to learn how to nurture myself, to understand myself, to forgive myself. So I get it. I get all of you if you're out there struggling with this. But give yourself the time and space and most importantly, give yourself love on this wonderful Valentine's Day. It's a great day to start it. That can be your Lenten resolution Mm -hmm. that you take on greater self-care and self-love. Because all of these things are really critical ways of going deeper into your own soul connection. So understanding Mm -hmm. your pain, understanding your patterns, and understanding how to heal that. So, Joyce, we're probably getting close to wrapping up the show. Do you have anything to add before Mm -hmm. we do? Oh, well, I was just thinking about my next relationship that, you know, one of the things that I do not want to create is mm, I want a simpler relationship. And one of the things I would need to be aware of is when things get real crazy or too complicated, there's something starting to go on. Because I don't think a relationship has to be about all of that mm, confusion and craziness and miscommunication in a relationship. And so, I think early on is trying to see really asking yourself through like the exercises we did, going into yourself and asking yourself, is this person the highest and best person I should be in a relationship with now? Uh, is there something I need to learn? You know, what's, you know, what's the reason? Keep asking those questions and have a deeper conversation earlier on with the person you're with so that you get the clues earlier if they're not for you or maybe they are for you. But I think it's conversation, connection, and doing your own, like you said, your own self-care, your own inner work that lets you have a better relationship. So that's my uh, two two cents. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And I do, um, I, I do hope that that today does mark a day. You know, it's it's wonderful to think about love and all the aspects of it. We're going to talk about that next week um, some more with the many faces of love, but start today. You know, we encourage everybody start today, go a little deeper inside yourself, give yourself what you need. And I, I guarantee you, and I think Joyce, you would agree with this, that the deeper we go into our own sacred soul connection within, the more likely we are to heal from old wounds or old wiring or old patterns that prevent those types of relationships that you're seeking that you describe, the simpler ones, you know, the the ones that don't need a lot of work, the the, the ones that they just mm-hmm. get you. <laughs> you will start attracting right. a higher caliber of person into your life the deeper you go inside. I totally agree to that. Absolutely. Well, as we close out here, remember to join us next week for our discussion on the many faces of love. Um, 
and have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Love yourself, primarily love yourself. And we'll see you next week. Yes. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.